Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Tuesday, May 30th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we are talking about today. Danielle Smith's United Conservative Party wins a majority government in Alberta, and she challenges Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to stand down on his environmental policies. And as Premier, I cannot, under any circumstances, allow these contemplated federal policies to be inflicted upon Albertans. I simply can't, and I won't. An NDP motion will be debated in the House of Commons later today, calling on David Johnson to step aside as Special Rapporteur, investigating foreign interference. It is very clear that the appearance of bias is so high that it erodes the work that the Special Rapporteur can do, and that's why in our motion we'll be calling for the House to vote on Mr. Johnson being setting, stepping aside as a Special Rapporteur in order to go about this process in a way that does reinstill confidence in our electoral system. Pierre Poilievre pushes for Jagmeet Singh to make a big move. He has said that he uh, wants a public inquiry. Well, now's the time for him to prove it. Will the, will the member for, for leading the NDP state clearly now that either the government calls a public inquiry or he breaks off his coalition? So I'm now joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Now, we both agreed, let's not lie here, we did not stay up all night. The results came in our time. I don't know. I woke up a couple of times during the night, I think around 3 a.m. our time, something like that. Uh, but we certainly are absorbing the results today with uh, Danielle Smith's majority win. So what do you think, Susan? Well, yes, I tried to stay up. I tried to be a good political junkie, but uh, I knew I had to talk to you this morning, too. So here we are. Um, I guess I'm not surprised because we saw the polls over the weekend Um Janet Brown's for CBC, especially, and Abacus, um, both of them saying that UCP was headed for a, a majority. So I guess it's not a surprise. I think it's um, <clears throat> clearly a disappointment to the NDP, uh, because if there was a premier they thought they could knock mm -hmm. off, it would be Danielle Smith. Mm -hmm. And um, only a few months ago, it seemed like she was going to have a very short tenure as as premier because she is she is a controversial character and she is error prone uh what i think i think is interesting about this is we, it's widely agreed that she won because she was on a tight script she was she stayed to the middle she was very disciplined she avoided mistakes now will she govern like that or will she regard this now as being free again to be the the somewhat off the cuff, uh, risk taking, uh, controversial character that she was when she won the leadership. So I think there a lot of people are going to be watching to see what kind of a, a premier Danielle Smith is going to be now. Will she govern the way she won the election, or will she govern the way she won the leadership? So that's uh, she gave as uh, we were discussing, even though you and I didn't stay up to watch it, <laughs> her, uh, her victory speech uh, seems to indicate that she's keen to wage war with Justin Trudeau. And uh, that, I guess, is, uh, you know, sort of the next, that's the next frontier. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I, I thought her speech was very conciliatory towards Rachel Notley. Now, Rachel Notley, like you say, um, the NDP 
she's a very popular politician in Alberta. And if they couldn't uh, make it work with Rachel Notley, then then who could do it? She did pick up, I believe, about 10 more seats than she had. Um, but, you know, I, I guess the whole thing in terms of Daniel Smith, the the fires for the first have dominated the headlines there for the first couple of weeks. And you got to see a little bit of another side of her. And I guess what they would call her eruptions uh, were, were at a low level during the campaign. But as you say, uh, it will be interesting to see how she governs. But in that, I think her victory speech was about 12 minutes long. She saved it to towards the end, but she certainly threw down the gauntlet to Justin Trudeau and said, um, you know, don't foist your environmental policies on us because it'll kill jobs and hurt investment in this province. So she's certainly uh, girding for a fight. Yeah. And there are uh, shades, uh, rather deep shades there of the Sovereignty Act, which, uh, you know, she said uh, she has been saying that uh, Alberta will not adhere to laws from Ottawa that uh, that don't fit with Alberta's priorities or or harm Alberta. Now, some of that is there's been conversations about whether this is constitutional or not, but um she is clearly laying down the line along those lines so that uh, Alberta it's, it's sort of being separatist without being separatist, you know, that uh, without separation, it's Alberta will govern itself and not, uh, not follow Ottawa's laws, which is, you know, interesting way to run a federation. Well, it's kind of uh, putting more traction into the old Stephen Harper firewall approach, right? That's right. Um, yeah. Putting a lot of traction into it. And in her speech, I'm just looking at uh, a transcript uh, of it. And she, she says, as premier, I cannot under any circumstances allow these contemplated federal policies to be inflicted upon Alberta's Albertans. I simply can't and I won't. So, um, and she says, I hope, you know, Justin Trudeau and his cabinet are listening to this. I'm willing to work with you, but basically, uh, you know, in policies that we agree on. So <laughs> I'm sure Trudeau's not having a good morning when he wakes up. He's going to a prayer breakfast, and I bet you his praying will be very earnest. <laughs> well, it, there is there is one way Trudeau could look at this as a bit of a a, a win. Uh, uh, although a slight one, it will not embolden the NDP to bring down his government, the federal NDP to bring down his government. That if if a very popular NDP premier could not fight the Conservatives, the, the NDP federally will not, I think, be in the mood for an election. And that is, of course, the big question around here is, is, is that deal hang, going to hang together given the sort of state of play right now in the whole foreign interference uh, thing, which I, I guess we're going to talk about, but, yeah. um, but I, I do think that, that Trudeau will maybe be thinking, okay, the NDP is not going to be in the mood for an election right now. And that's probably a good thing. I can still hang on. Hmm. Well, you know, we never assume things nope. like that because nope. they can come around to bite you, but let's I'll, talk I'll about keep my election bag. Pat. <laughs> So, so let's talk about the foreign interference, because today in the House of Commons, uh, the NDP motion uh, will be debated. And that motion basically calls on David Johnson to step aside 
and pick somebody that the House of Commons, the parties in the House agree agree upon and um, uh, have a public inquiry. Now, is this notching it up a level for the NDP? I thought it was a little more conciliatory since Johnson's uh, report was released last week. Yeah, absolutely it is. I thought that, um, you know, we saw Jagmeet Singh and and uh, I was calling it last week being the adult in the room, um, saying he would agree to the um, the to get the top secret briefing on what David Johnson had found. He was uh, he was going to work with the government on this one. He was still calling for a public inquiry and still insisting on one, but he was not. Um, he was not as hardline as the conservatives in the bloc against David Johnson. And I don't think this has just happened with the NDP. I felt it kind of in the air around Ottawa over the weekend, mm -hmm. even my own self. I, I wrote last Friday or Thursday that Johnson should not head the public hearings. And I said that reluctantly, but I just think it's a shame and um, it's, it's regrettable how much he's been damaged by this, but I think there he has been politically damaged in the, um, and I think you're seeing that with the NDP as well. I think they probably listening to people and, you know, mm -hmm. testing wins over the weekend and realizing that somebody else has got to have those public hearings um, that David Johnson has promised. You know, well, I, I was surprised that Jagmeet Singh yesterday in the scrum explaining his reasons for this motion. And he basically said, this is now looking too biased, the whole, yeah. the whole thing. And he mentioned even the lawyer who was assisting yeah. uh, David Johnson. Uh, I think her name is Sheila Block and how uh, someone had uncovered the fact that she'd only contributed to the Liberal Party uh, $7,000 since 2007 yeah. or something like that. But the point is, if you touch this subject, good luck. If you come anywhere near it, like you're fair game, right? Yeah. yeah and so yeah. and so it's almost as if the only approach is to get all parties to agree on who's going to lead a public inquiry if it goes that way. But what do you think Trudeau will do with this with this motion? Well, first of all, let me ask you, do you think this motion will pass to get rid of Johnson and call a, a public inquiry? It will definitely pass. Mm -hmm. uh, it will have all the opposition. Right, right. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the, you know, there is a world um, probably where the liberals could be relieved by this, realizing they need a way to um, minimize the role of David Johnson. They could do that by adhering to Parliament's wishes. I I don't know. I, I was surprised when David Johnson put out his op-ed in the Globe and Mail late last week saying that he would not back down mm. and i thought i'm i'm not sure this is the time to play brinksmanship rather than um be a little more um uh, take a, a lower profile and uh that that op-ed in the globe and mail i think ratcheted things up as well so well especially if he has to eat his words right yeah it's a, it's it's again a really regrettable uh chapter in this uh in this illustrious man's life you know it's uh i i really do regret the way this this uh this debate has demonized him because he's not a man to be demonized he's a, a, a he really is an eminent canadian but 
Um, just over the past few days, you've felt it in the air around politics that that he's been damaged by this and probably too damaged. My idea, if anybody wants to take it, is um, is that they should have a series of public hearings along the lines that David Johnson suggested in his report, you know, with, on the various issues that, that need addressed and that they be headed by a different person in each one, <clears throat> you know, that, that there be, remember the old constitutional hearings mm -hmm. that travel across the country. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I, I think there, there's an argument to be for a series of, <clears throat> of public hearings chaired by, any number of experts in the various fields in national security. And that, <clears throat> that would certainly diffuse the, um, the, the tension around David Johnson, who is, has, as we say, regrettably become a target in all this. Well, be careful what you wish for, because that's what they might do all summer long <laughs> and you have to cover it. No, but I'm just wondering, like, the timing of this is quite interesting because everybody's painted into a corner. Well, not everybody, but certainly the prime minister, yep. uh, David Johnson, in a way, the house is recessing for yep. the summer until September in a couple of weeks. So how do you kind of lance this boil in the next few weeks? Or do you just, if you're Justin Trudeau, hope, like rag the puck for the next few weeks and hope that people hit the beach and forget, forget about all of this until the next election? Well, or know, until we, September. I, we all have some evidence. Uh, uh, this, I'm not sure entirely that this is catching on with the public. You know um, that that this is a very still an Ottawa story. This is still a very inside the bubble story. I think it has the potential to become something larger and and damaging. But I I think. Um, I don't think that would be the way, I don't think that'd be an advisable way for the government to handle this. John Iveson has written interestingly this morning, something I'm thinking as well is, it's feeling like it's time for a reset from this government anyway, shuffle, prorogation, something like along those lines that it's been a long time since Trudeau has done a shuffle and he tends to shuffle his, his cabinet when he needs a big reset, you know, when Trump was elected, when Ford was elected. So I I would put that into the mix as well. About so what you think that possibly they might let this um, kind of unravel into the summer and then come back with a throne speech kind of thing? Right. Yeah. Something right. like that. Yeah. Right. But I mean, sometimes the unpredictable happens and you've got all your plans and maybe Jugmeet Singh says, okay, enough is enough chest pumping. Now I've got to do something. Yep. Like I, you know, he he won't go for this public inquiry. Now I have to say I'm done with you. Like, is there any chance that will happen? I'm I'm not I'm thinking no, because it could mean an election. But what do you think? It that takes us back to I, I'm gonna be asking the NDP uh in the days ahead how they're looking at Alberta and what happened there. Yeah. And how they they see things. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's going to weigh on them as well. You know, I, no, but I, the, the, the circumstances in Alberta are different. And much, Rachel yeah. Notley, obviously, is a very strong politician. I guess if you're Jagmeet Singh, do you say eight years, people are done with this guy, this Chinese interference thing, he hasn't handled it well. Like the topics are different. The circumstances are different. Might he convince himself, maybe I can win more seats or maybe, well, I don't know. I yeah I 
I don't get the sense that they're keen for an election. No. And I, I, I think either Jagmeet Singh or somebody around him said it last week is the answer to concerns about election interference is not to have an election. Right? <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I think that was Anne McGrath. But yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's not exactly the answer to to doubts about election interference is to plunge the country into an election. I think, but you're right. Um, I think Pierre Polyev is is trying to goad them into it. And uh, well, look at what he was saying yesterday, right? I mean, if you mean it, let's see. Let's just show your cards to Jagmeet right. Singh. Yeah, yeah. I I can't tell where they're where they're at right now, and I'm sure. They're, they're due, I heard Dominic LeBlanc say this weekend that uh, the the taking stock meeting between the Prime Minister and Jagmeet Singh is due to happen soon. So, oh, okay. Meeting. Wow. It'd be nice to be a fly on the wall <laughs> for that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, lots to look for today. And um, like I say, the Prime Minister's first event is a prayer breakfast. I know. Yeah. Sure there'll be a few extra prayers in there. Amen. For, like, <laughs> like get me through this day, please God. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so you and I are are proceeding on our day. So yep. have a wonderful one. You and too, I'll, Julie. And I'll I'll talk to you soon. Okay. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Given the clear apprehension of bias at this point, we are going to be asking for Mr. Johnson to step aside as special rapporteur. Now let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Toronto Star, Wesley Wark argues the furor over David Johnson's report eclipses the real threat. He writes, the heated reaction to the report by David Johnson tells us more about the frayed state of politics and the fractured national political mood in Canada than about the contents of his analysis. There are two dangers here. We risk losing sight of the real story of an escalating threat from foreign interference and the need to quickly reach a political consensus on how to deal with it. The second danger concerns self-inflicted wounds, deeply partisan political approaches and weak trust in governance and institutions creates vulnerabilities, which authoritarian states will surely try to take advantage of. In the Globe and Mail, Laurie Turnbull argues Pierre Polyevre is right to call Special Rapporteur a fake job. She writes, David Johnson's real job in this role was to make this problem go away. And therein lies the problem. The decision to hold a public inquiry is an inherently political one for which the prime minister alone is accountable. He cannot depoliticize a political decision by handing it off to a non-elected person. And the fact that he has tried to do so has stalled the conversation about foreign interference. If the opposition parties work together, they can force Mr. Trudeau to either call an inquiry or face an election. This depends almost entirely on Jagmeet Singh, whose party announced on Monday that it plans to table a motion calling on Mr. Johnson to step aside and for the government to conduct a full public inquiry. And rightly so, it's a minority parliament. The opposition parties have no excuse not to use the power they so obviously hold. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak with the media about his Opposition Day motion ahead of question period. He will also hold a phone call with the mayor of Windsor. Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson, Immigration Minister Sean Fraser, 
and Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan will speak with the media about a bill to amend the Canada-Newfoundland and Labrador-Atlantic Accord Implementation Act and the Canada-Nova Scotia Offshore Petroleum Resources Accord Implementation Act. Minister of Employment Carla Qualtrough will be in Gatineau, Quebec during National Accessibility Week to announce accessibility projects fundings under the Enabling Accessibility Fund. And Governor General Mary Simon will welcome the President of Iceland for a state visit to Canada. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, May 30th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.